0: Hello, and welcome to the Community IT Innovators Technology Topics Podcast, where we discuss nonprofit technology, cybersecurity, tech project implementation, strategic planning, and nonprofit IT careers. Find us at communityit.com. Thank you for joining this Community IT Podcast Part 2. You can find Part 1 in your podcast feed if you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Welcome everyone to the Community IT Innovators presentation on IT leadership at nonprofits. I'm excited to introduce our panelists today, Johan Hammerstrom, who's CEO of Community IT, and David Deal, who's the founder and former president of Community IT, now co-founder and partner at Build Consulting. My name is Carolyn Woodard. I'm the Outreach Director for Community IT, and I'm the moderator today. Moving along to the second learning objective of our talk today in um, understanding the importance of IT leaders learning to match the business needs with the IT needs. Um, so I think, Johan, you were going to uh, start us off on this one too.
2: Yeah, I, I yes. I think this is one of the, this is probably one of the most important responsibilities for an IT leader, particularly at more senior levels, is really aligning The IT solutions and the IT needs with the business needs of the organization, and this is one of the areas where it's, um, you know, people run into the into the biggest uh, challenges. Um, And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like the organizational strategy has to drive the IT strategy. There's some parts of an IT roadmap that exist somewhat in isolation. If you have aging equipment. You know, that needs to be replaced. You know, your your organization doesn't need to tell you that that um, equipment needs to be replaced. But what do you replace it with? You know, I mean, then you start that starts getting into an area where making plans about how to upgrade and modernize technology really re- requires an understanding of where the organization is going and what the organization's um, needs are and so you know that requires communicating with the leadership and the rest of the organization um understanding what their priorities are and then connecting the dots between their priorities and the variety, the wide range of you know potential IT solutions that are out there um but it also refers to the impact that IT solutions are going to have on the staff of an organization so we were um talking with a uh you know we were having an initial call with a nonprofit last week and sort of talk and they were talking about you know bringing us on as their new managed services provider and we were talking about the time frame for that and they said well we're building a new website right now and then we're rolling out a crm after that and then you know we don't want to you know throw everything at our staff at once and you know we said yeah that's we're glad you're thinking about things in those ways because every change you make in IT takes time for the organization to really absorb and adjust to. So even something as simple as changing your, um, you know, like your website, you may think, well, that doesn't impact a lot of people, but at the end of the day, like it, it, it has an impact on the organization as a whole, and it takes up people's time. So just kind of thinking about, um, you know the impact that IT initiatives and the IT roadmap itself is going to have on the organization um, is really important. The one other area that I'll just mention as an illustration is cybersecurity, and cybersecurity is something that um, I think you know there's a there's sort of a misconception, and and I think this has been somewhat perpetrated by the cybersecurity tools industry. You know, there's a lot of fancy cybersecurity tools out there. Some of them are very expensive. And there's sort of this misconception that just buy this technology and you'll be safe. And the reality is like developing a cybersecurity program is really complex endeavor. And it touches on all aspects of the organization. So what is your organization's liability? What compliance requirements, you know, regulatory compliance is the organization um, required to follow? Um, How much cybersecurity insurance does the organization have? Um, What are the costs, potential costs of a breach? What's the impact of that? And then how does that impact how much the organization should be investing in cybersecurity and what organizational policies need to be developed in order for those cybersecurity solutions To be effective, so right there I just talked about legal, finance, operations, HR. You know, it's not just IT. IT is just one part of a much larger whole. So it is. It's important for IT to understand that, though, because if if it doesn't, then you know you run the risk of the IT leader or the IT department just coming to the executive team with a solution and saying, Hey, we need to buy this solution to be protected. And then they're missing the much larger picture, you know, that needs to be addressed.
3: Johan, I think you just brought up something really important about, uh, it leaders have to be conversant in the, the organization's work in the organization's business in the organization's processes, um, it's 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 vital for i t leaders and technology leaders and data leaders to uh, not just view their roles as technology roles, because technology does not live in a silo. Effective technology requires, leadership and governance and process and and if you've ever listened to you know a build webinar or you're a build client, you hear this a lot. But it's related to all of those things. So it's so important for a leader to be conversant in what the organization does, how, why, what the objectives are, and to to remain closely in touch with that. One of the things that we'll do if we're playing like a an interim or part-time CIO role for organizations, what we'll do at build. Is trying to make sure we build in a a routine for check ins with the different business leaders in in the organization. And some of that routine is driven by, you know, there's an annual planning. And coming out of the annual planning, you want to understand what are the organizational priorities for the year? What what are the work plans for the year? But then also, you want to stay stay synced up throughout the course of the year to understand what's working, what's not working. And so, those are really important, making sure that your relationship with the business units is not just a, a help desk relationship, if you will. Um, and then just to add a couple of examples, how organizational strategy drives it strategy. I thought the cybersecurity topic, that was a, a, a great example, Johan, just a couple of other quick ones. Like even if the organization is anticipating, look, this is going to be a tougher year on the revenue side. Uh, that's the way in which, and uh, you know, the organizational strategy to, you know, minimize costs a bit this year is going to inform your, your technology strategy. If the organization is starting a new program, uh, well, do we know how we're going to measure success? Uh, what data do we need to capture to measure that success? Uh, how are we going to capture it? Where are we going to capture it? That's you know a way that the organization strategy has to drive uh, technology decisions and data governance decisions. Uh, or if they're especially ambitious fundraising goals for the year, what does that mean for uh, what we need to do with the CRM or our, our digital engagement capabilities? So uh, those are all ways that like, Business needs, IT needs. Um, it's such a close relationship. And the final thing I'll say: If anyone's here who's not in IT, and I guess that's a third of the audience, it is important for IT to have a voice at that table while the planning is going on. There is an, uh, a very iterative relationship between plans and technology and how those things work together um, for the organization.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, it really needs to be a collaborative relationship, and and you know that's why we have this arrow. Going both ways on the title of this slide. Cause I think oftentimes the rest of the leadership of the organization sort of feels like, well, I can't, I don't understand IT, I don't really know technology, that's not my background. Just tell us what to do, or just tell us what we need. As if it kind of goes both ways. Like on the one hand, IT too often, you know, is is you know, um oblivious to the business needs of the organization. But in the same way, oftentimes organizational leadership doesn't recognize the impact that IT has on the rest of the organization. And so it it does need to be um, a dialogue, you know, and because the the IT needs need to be sort of feathered in um, to the overall organizational plan. And and that can go wrong in in multiple ways. If the, the last thing you want to do is give IT a blank check. Don't say, here's the, here's, you know, the amount of money that you have, go do what you want with it, you know, cause you'll run the risk of getting technology solutions that don't really meet the needs of the organization. Um, but by the same token, you don't want to um, limit IT sort of without understanding, like as part of the organization's budget development process, there should be budgetary input from the IT department, but that those budget requests have to be justified, but that justification begins a process of dialogue to help the senior leadership understand, like, it's important that we replace this equipment this year, or it's important that we move to this new solution this year. And here's why. Here's how it affects the rest of the organization's goals. Because if that dialogue isn't happening, then it's just a bunch of, you know, it's just costs. And then, you know, and and nonprofits are often in the position of having to really monitor their costs, and in many cases, cut costs, um, restrict costs. You know, because you know they're they just have very real um, resource constraints. And so, if IT is not having that dialogue with the rest of the business, then it just appears as a cost center, and there's no sort of value associated with what is should be. An investment, you know, in the the core foundation of the organization.
1: Thank you, Johan. That's great. I, I remember you saying once that if you show me your budget, you'll know your priorities. Um, and I feel like that's a that's a good way to to put it. I want to make sure we have time to talk about the three leadership traits to cultivate. And I know David, you you um, had talked about these traits, and I wondered if you wanted to
3: kick us off. Yeah, sure thing. And you know, one of the uh, one of the most important things for a leader to be able to do is to figure out what's important, uh, and that's what we're talking about here with the the prioritized topic. Uh, but separating the meaningful from you know the noise, finding the information in the noise, finding the stuff that we really need to focus on, hone in on. Uh, and I emphasize this because almost everyone I meet, certainly almost all the leaders I meet, feel like there's more to do than there are resources or team members or time to do. I, I think one of the tendencies of a leader is to uh, add to team members' responsibilities without seriously thinking about what can team members stop doing, right? And uh, I think that's one of the the most difficult things for all of us to learn, and especially leaders to learn. That's a vital, vital competency to uh, to cultivate. Um, and I, I'll just say one more thing, and then Johan, I'm interested in your thoughts. I think one of the things that Build will will do. Thank you for the shout out, Carolyn, in the chat for uh, some of the change management templates. But one of the tools we'll use is a uh, like a change readiness assessment. And one of the things that we look at in there is just what what are all the initiatives going on right now in an organization? Can an organization take on a new change? Um, and I think that's really important to have that big perspective as a leader when you're trying to figure out, can we add something else and what can we not do or what can we delay?
2: Yeah, I think working on your ability to prioritize is a great... If you're interested in moving into leadership roles, if you're in a leadership role and you're growing... Um, focusing on your ability to priori- prioritize is, is really important because it's it's really about your ability to make decisions, which is kind of the one of the essential things that a leader does. So if you're the manager of a team, you're prioritizing what that team is focusing on. And you're basically making a decision about what the team is going to do. If you're the director of a department, it's the same thing. You're making decisions about what the department is going to do. And the ability to make good decisions is something that you're not just born with. Like you learn that over time because you're not gonna make good decisions all the time. Like you're gonna, there are times where you're gonna make decisions that maybe weren't the best decision. but learning how to make decisions is a really important part of becoming a leader, gathering all of the information and understanding the trade-offs. If if there weren't trade-offs involved, it wouldn't actually require a decision. So anytime you're making a decision, anytime you're having to prioritize, what you're doing is you're making a trade-off between two courses of action. And that is a difficult position to be in, um, but that's kind of at the heart of what of what leaders are doing. And that helps with that IT roadmap dis- discussion, because you need to present the, basically when you're providing the IT roadmap, you're providing a prioritized list of IT initiatives. And you're telling the organization, this these things need to be prioritized in our time, in our, in our expenses. And in order to make the case, you have to understand the trade-off that the organization is making to pick that roadmap over not doing that roadmap. So really gaining like facility with trade-offs and how to make decisions around trade-offs is a a key leadership trait. And we all make decisions in our own individual lives. We make decisions in our professional lives. And just being more aware of that is a good way of, of cultivating that trait.
3: I'm going to quickly add something to that as well, which is uh, there is an, an art or a competency to decision-making around uh, how much time should I invest and how long can I take to make a decision? Some decisions you're best served to make a, a quick decision, maybe because people are waiting on it and things are going to stop until you can, you know, point people in the right direction. Uh, and when does a decision really warrant uh, a lot of participation and, you uh, You know, maybe it's necessary to gain buy-in for a big decision that's going to affect everyone. So, I think that's something to cultivate uh, and and to reflect on if you're a uh, a leader trying to figure out, you know, what are the different ways I need to to make decisions, and how quickly do I need to make decisions? I think the the second point here is around setting the example, Um, and and the main thing I wanted to say here is just projects work best. And initiatives work best and leadership works best, in my opinion, when leaders do what they're asking others to do. Uh, And what I mean by that, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a client about, um, believe it or not, there are some organizations that do still meet in person and do uh, use conference rooms. And we were talking about the reservation system for a conference room. Uh, And I can't tell you how many times I'll see an organization that will go to the effort to set up something like that. It's never too easy to set up. And then once they set it up and people start using it, uh, a senior person in the organization will come kick people out of a conference room that they reserved. This is not an uncommon situation, but it's the prime example of uh, leadership undermining uh, themselves and uh, not setting the example of what they want staff to do. Um, But I think it's also true in other scenarios. There may be a little more common, like tracking constituent interactions in a CRM if it's really important for your organization to start using data from the CRM to make decisions and you're asking everyone else to track certain interactions in there, then as a leader, you absolutely need to be doing that too Uh, for, for leaders who don't feel like they can do that or don't find a way to do that. Even if it's through an assistant or something like that, you're really undermining your effectiveness as a leader. And so uh, a, a shout out to those leaders who, who do, realize the importance of setting the example for the behavior they want uh, in their organization.
2: Yeah, that's that's so important. I lead by example. That's a, And that's a great example of um, how leaders can undermine themselves and what they're trying to accomplish by, by the example that they set. Um, I think another thing that leaders can do well is not feel like they have to have all the answers, you know. Like one of the one of the things that we talked about earlier is the importance of learning, and that to being an effective leader is being a, a lifelong learner. And it's great to demonstrate that to the people around you. You know, if if the other um, members of your team, other leaders in your organization, um, see you learning, then it it re- it represents that you know aspect of leadership really well and some of the the absolute best um contacts that I've worked with over the years um operations leaders are the ones who ask the most questions you know I'll I'll explain a technical concept to them and they say I don't get it explain it to me again <laughs> you know okay okay well I don't understand that what does that mean and just pushing me to really explain it in a way that um is understandable, you know, by, by operations um, and finance professionals and, and, and it was a fearlessness, you know, and they'd even say like, look, I'm dumb when it comes to it. And the reality was they weren't like, they really, by asking the questions and continually asking the questions and wanting to learn and demonstrating that they wanted to learn, they, they did, you know, and as a result, they ended up making always made like really good decisions related to it for the organization.
3: I think our uh, our last point here was around uh, accountability. I think uh, one of the the key things it's saying here is just the importance of, you know, accountability is yes, it's about making sure that uh, other people are doing what they're supposed to, and it's also about making sure that that we as leaders are also doing what we're sup- supposed to. Um, you know, uh, are are am I holding myself accountable to doing the training, the cybersecurity training, for example? Going back to an earlier topic that I'm asking. Uh, uh, my colleagues in the organization to do. Um, am I uh, entering that interaction with a contact in the CRM? Uh, but I, I think, you know, I also wanted to say something different about accountability, which is that, you know, first uh, I think people have to understand what they're being held accountable to, and so the the onus is on the leader to really clearly communicate the vision and expectations, uh, to make time to to make sure that those things are clear. Uh, to act as a champion for uh, that vision, those expectations, to make sure that it continues to be communicated. Uh, but then it's really important to build in ways to see if it's working. Uh, I, I so let's to to use like a business systems example, uh, and going back to the CRM example, if it's that we're going to start to use CRMs to track uh, a CRM to track our interaction with constituents what are the ways that we're building in to see if that's actually actually happening? And what are the ways that we're building in to get useful, actionable data from that? Um, so uh, I think that's part of accountability, finding ways to put to use those things that you're implementing. Uh, build it into your weekly meeting. Like uh, if, if you're reviewing um, uh, prospective major donors uh, make some time to show a dashboard at your team meeting, and and build in kind of that accountability to the group around. Look, we need to this this needs to be a live, dynamic, real time tool that we're using because we're all going to be looking at it at the team meeting. Uh, it's not something that we do later and uh, catch up on.
2: I love those examples, Dave, because I think oftentimes when people hear the word accountability, they immediately think of uncomfortable conversations, and like I don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. It's like, well, no, nobody does really. Um, but accountability is so much more than that, and you really need accountability structures and accountability systems. And that's, you know, that's what I hear you saying in the examples that you were that you were using. Um, and you know, an example from from my world is a ticketing system. You know, just having all of the IT issues that need to be solved for an organization in one place and having those. Um, issues documented, and then assigned to somebody to resolve is a system. It's a, That's a, a system of accountability. And then having a weekly meeting to go through those tickets and check on the status of their resolution is an accountability structure. And that's a very simple example. But ultimately, leaders are responsible for building and ma- maintaining those systems and structures of accountability. And, and hopefully, if you're getting started in your career as an IT leader, you're moving into a... Um, a role where some of those systems and structures are already in place, but um, oftentimes they have to be changed, they evolve over time, and sometimes they have to be created um, from scratch as well.
1: I wanted to jump in and make sure to say that accountability doesn't have to always be somebody who wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Like, if you don't have a way to check that things are being done, you don't have a way to praise the people, the staff who took the training and are doing the thing, the new way that they're supposed to be doing it. So it's really important from that standpoint as well to make sure that people know when they're they're doing a good job, you know. I'm going to... Um, go back and uh, revisit our learning objectives, which I think we did a pretty good job of of hitting that we wanted to discuss um, career paths and identifying new leaders of IT at nonprofits. We wanted to talk, we talked a lot about how to, if you're an IT person, how to find resources to grow into a management role, if you're a manager um, or director, Uh, Even a um, um, C-level leader, ways to be able to improve your IT understanding and and understand and and be able to manage that as well. Um, Understanding the importance of IT leaders learning to match real business needs with your IT roadmap and your strategy. And I think you guys both touched on that in, in great ways. And then learning the importance of prioritizing, setting the example and holding yourself accountable and having those accountability systems. So that was a really good um, conversation there. David and Johan, did you have any, um, any last words you wanted to talk about?
3: I just had one resource to share. I don't think it uh, made it into the general chat, but uh, for people looking for, Webinars to kind of uh, supplement their journey to uh, becoming managers and leaders, then, uh, or just just online training courses and pre-recorded materials. Then LinkedIn Learning is certainly a good resource. I'm sure everyone's heard of that one. There's another uh, another one called Udemy, U D E M Y, for people who aren't familiar with that. That also has some some good resources as well. There are many sources out there, but I just wanted to give a shout out to a couple in case people just need a place to start.
1: I'll make sure to put those in the transcript um, when, we, when we post that with the video and the podcast. Johan?
2: Yeah, just as a fi- some final thoughts, um, if you don't come from an IT background, didn't come from an IT background, but you're in a leadership position at a nonprofit, I strongly encourage you to do what you can to learn more about IT. Um, the more you learn about IT, the more effective a leader you're going to be for your nonprofit and if you if you're in IT and you're thinking about moving or you you you're thinking about exploring a possible leadership role I uh, strongly encourage you to do that there's a, a kind of a desperate need in my experience for um, strong IT leaders at nonprofit organizations and um you know you don't necessarily have to have the manager title to start working on your leadership skills so I hope that um you know we've given you some good ideas today of things you can you can look at and pursue and if you're thinking about going the leadership route as an IT person I I encourage you to do that
1: Thank you so much. And I think both of you are, are very willing to take questions um, offline as well. So people can find you on your websites and contact you with maybe some further um, ideas or, or information that they, they would like to ask you about. And I just want to thank you, David and Johan, for sharing your time with us today. I just um what a wonderful conversation. I feel like this was very, very helpful to me personally, but also I, I feel like this is going to be very um helpful to to the people who can see it on our website. So thank you again for your time. Thank you everybody who joined us today. We really appreciate it. And um and we'll let you go on your way. Thanks again.
0: Thank you for joining this community IT podcast, part two. You can find part one in your podcast feed if you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Community IT does these free webinars and podcasts for our community, and we love sharing our knowledge and experience. If you have more questions or are having trouble with your IT at your nonprofit, please get in touch with us on our website, www.communityit.com, so we can start a conversation or schedule an assessment. Downloading any of our free resources there will get you signed up for our webinar reminders, and you can attend our next webinar in real time and ask our experts your own questions. If you love podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a rating to help others find this leadership resource for nonprofits.